0: And that is why,
1: like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Business Perfect Formula is available wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: Hola, I'm Claudia Romo Edelman. And I'm Cynthia Kleinbaum-Milner. And this is a podcast a la Latina. The Playbook to Succeed Being Your Authentic Self.
3: Today, an incredible, incredible guest, Alicia Enciso. And with her, we're going to learn three main things. Number one, ve por la grande, which means take the big bet. Or aim higher. So it means that if you're in a two,
2: um, aim for the 10. Dream big. You can do it. Let people encourage you. And along the same lines, number two, if you want something, talk about it. The first step to get what you want is to say it out loud put it as part of your development plan and others will help you get there. She did this by putting the next role she wanted in a plan that people above her saw and they made it happen for her.
3: And number three, all growth is coming from multicultural consumers. So now is the time to go all in on marketing to Latinos. This and
2: more in the podcast,
3: A La Latina. Latina.
4: A La Latina is proudly presented by Moneylion. Join the millions of Americans just like you who use Moneylion to help reach their American dream.
3: Hola, welcome to our new episode of the podcast,
2: A La Latina, the playbook to succeed, being your authentic self. Today, an incredible guest, Alicia Enciso. Alicia, besides being my mentor, she is a former CMO at Nestle USA. She's an independent board director of Bacardi Limited and the Children's Place, co-chair board directors of the ANA AIM, and executive board member of the ANA. Welcome.
5: Welcome. Gracias. Muchas, muchas gracias. It's such a pleasure to have you. You're the true legend. What a uh, trailblazer. No, again, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I am so grateful to be part of your project. I am so proud that you are finally doing it together and uh, just excited to have this conversation. But
3: before we start, let me just get this straight. So pretty much she is your mentor, you're the mentee, and you discussed this project
2: before it took place. Yeah, I mean, I met her. And first of all, I didn't know that the chief marketing officer at Nestle USA was Mexican, which was one of the first realizations that I had that there are these Latinas killing it in corporate America. But. We don't know about them. So I I knew she was Mexican. I met her and she started in our first session. She gave me so much advice and such a great perspective that I kind of felt like I had wasted a lot of time. I was like, why didn't I have somebody like her before helping me think through my career? So she's been amazing for me as I was ideating this project and since I met you, as we were talking about how to bring it to life. But also the advice that she has given me on a monthly basis to manage my own career has has been invaluable, so I'm excited. Amazing. No,
5: no, no, again, and for me, it has also been such an opportunity. I think that as Latinas, one of the things that we need to do is actually, of course, support each other, and the opportunity that we had for me was so enriching. I mean, literally. You know her, so every time we've met together, there was a very clear agenda, what we needed to achieve, very quick, very productive. But I learned so much, um, you know, of course, doing it together, that it has also been a tremendous opportunity for me. It has inspired me to continue to do this, of course, with other amazing colleagues.
3: It's great to hear that you are a great mentee. Awesome. So these are the two mothers of the Podcast a la Latina. (laughs) This is amazing. These are the two. (laughs) let's start with you. So we would love to know a little bit about your past, your career, what brought you to be who you are and what you do.
5: Absolutely. Let me share. uh, I think let me share first my personal story or a little bit of my parents, because I think that parents have so much to do with who we are. So my father, he raised me to be, I would say, very resilient. From him, I have the strength. He was very uh, always asking so much of me. He was always demanding like 10. And if I could give two, he was always telling me, you are at two and I need 10. It was tough growing up, but it was at the same time fantastic because he really taught me to strive, to look, to be the best, to achieve. And I think that that is something that as Latinos, uh, it is really important that we know that we have it and that we are always looking, of course, to to come out with the best. From him, I have my strength because he was tough and again he helped me develop uh, the strength to be able to sort of you know take out anything from my mom very different but also very i think inspiring story so we are four brothers and sisters and my mom basically took care of us but when i left because i got married i came here to the us and my mom at 50 years old she decided that she was going to start her career at that time and took her first-time, full-time job at 50. And she went on to do her master's in her 60s, her PhD in her 70s, and she retired at 80. So you can imagine that for me, I'm just starting my second career, and it is such an inspiring thing to think about, you know, that life is, of course all of these different opportunities and these stages Uh, and so again from her I have the perseverance because she persevered she wanted to do that she knew that she couldn't do it at the beginning of her life but she stayed on it and of course the last one was that she wanted to do her post PhD in the 80s I'm like (laughs) mom no no not that
2: much what was she working on like what what career can you have at 70
5: Well, she she always was in art history, so she became a researcher in our Institute of National uh, Research for Art History in Mexico. That's amazing. So, yeah. That's
3: what but she but did. what career are we gonna have at seventy? I'm like seventy is gonna be yes, the new seventy. Like, so. like like <laughs> it's it's not soon. very
2: soon, but so before we started rolling, we were talking about how sometimes Latinos we present in a way that maybe we don't show as very confident in ourselves. Yes. And I made the connection of what you're talking about regarding your dad being very demanding of you. Yes. How do you, as a parent, or even as a daughter? receive that criticism and instead of making you insecure unsure and kill your confidence it actually makes you strive for more because you obviously showed up to lead Nestle USA from a marketing perspective as a Latina and you could have had the approach of I'm never good enough because my dad showed me that I even if I was doing good I still could do better but you have to show up as I'm doing great so what do you think uh, we can do and how did you do it?
5: Well, first of all, I think that we need to take the opportunities. As you say, when we face you know, those the, the, those challenges in terms of saying, hey, you're at two and I need you at 10, uh, you have two options, right? Mm-hmm. You have, as you say, the option of saying, hey, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. Or you have the option of raising yourself to that. And I think that when you when you think about that and how you can achieve that, it is by doing it step by step. You don't go for the 10, you go for the next three. And then you go for the four and then you go for the five and then Mm -hmm. suddenly you realize that you're already maybe at the eight or the nine Uh, and i think that that is done through specific projects that you take on so going back to my career when i look at it from a professional standpoint i always started to volunteer you know for so i I had the opportunity to work my first job was actually at procter and gamble and at png uh, I love the concept that they always had that you were either, of course, you had to build the business, but you were also building the organization and you were expected to help build the organization, though that building of the organization was extra time and mm-hmm. you had to put in to achieve, you know, or opportunities you were given to sort of drive your career in different ways. And leaning in into those opportunities, I think, stretched me into, again, more and more and more. And of course, that is how I think you build it, making sure that you take those opportunities, which are from step three to four to five.
2: Nobody had mentioned this before, but I've seen it in my career and I've heard it outside of the podcast, which is yes, you do your job, you do excellent work, you shine on work projects, but building the culture of the company is another way to get noticed. Many companies actually include that in bonuses and in like performance reviews, but not all of them. Not all of them say, are you mentoring somebody? Are you participating in an employee group? Mm-hmm. Uh, or are you representing the company in recruiting events? And I think that's another way to get noticed that our audience should Of
5: course, absolutely.
2: Alicia, let's talk about certain moments in your career. I'm aware uh, that you at some point took uh, like an entrepreneurial detour and then came back to corporate. So I'd love for, for the audience to learn what were the key moments in your career, the key decisions that made you who you are.
5: Sure. I think about my career as a rock wall. So in terms of, if you think about a rock wall, right, it goes, you know, sometimes you're going up, but sometimes you're, you're as you say, you're stretching to the right. Sometimes you're stretching to the left. And I did. I did do that. So I And started- luckily it
3: doesn't choom, choom, choom. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> totally.
5: <laughs> so maybe you take a step and then you're like, oh, it was a risky one. You got to go up again. But anyway, I started my career at P&G, did 10 years with Procter & Gamble again, amazing company. At the same time, though, when the first internet, I call it the first internet go-go years, but the first internet uh, massive expansion happened, I had the opportunity to join a small company in the trading, in the media trading space. And I decided uh, to take the opportunity. It was a huge bet Mm -hmm. uh, because, again, I had a a great career at p and a company I loved. But I was talking to the, the co-founder and uh, he, he told me, look, you have to make a decision when you are 90 years old. What do you want to go back and say? You stayed in your corporate career or you left and had the opportunity to, of course, create, to see, to be part of what is being created. And of course, I took it. I was very lucky because we were able to grow the company. Then we sold the company still, you know, within what happened in the Internet hype. And it was just an amazing opportunity. Uh, And of course, now I'm not 90, but I do see it back and say, absolutely, it was the right decision. After that, I had the opportunity to lead a consulting marketing firm in Mexico, a U.S.-based marketing firm. Mm -hmm. But uh, I had the the opportunity to lead the Mexico City office. And so, as you say, that was another step Mm -hmm. sort of outside traditional corporate life. It gave me, again, what I really like about those opportunities and what I think is important to take them is because they stretch you in very different ways. The challenges that you face develop you in very different ways than in just the, the corporate path. And I did that for another three years. And after that, that's where Nestle found mm-hmm. me. And so Nestle found me when I was leading that consulting company and they offered me the, the chief marketing officer job for Mexico mm-hmm. uh, and I decided of course to take it. And so then I went back to corporate life and continued my corporate life.
2: Yeah, I I feel like so many of us, or maybe this is just a, a therapy session for me, but I feel like many times I think if I go in one path, is that going to, prevent me from going back to the corporate path if i go to a small company can i not go to a big company if i if you go to corporate consult- i, agree. And I, I agree. think a lot of us think like i don't want to take a risk because that's going li- to limit my my potential to come back if i want and as you're saying it makes you stretch your your thinking it's almost like your brain it makes different connections in your brain that then you come back and you're a better corporate employee if you want if that's I, where you want to go
5: and i believe totally in what you just said i truly believe also Having, of course, uh, worked in different parts of the world, mm-hmm. which is also a Im- very important opportunity, especially in today's global world, mm-hmm. is, is extremely important because of what you say. I always believe that, you know, once your brain has stretched, there is no way it will shrink back, right? Mm-hmm. So it is extremely important to give yourself those opportunities. At the beginning, of course, you see them daunting. You're yeah. like, and especially when you're happy, when you're in a job that you really like with a company that is amazing, how are you going to step out from there? Uh, but it is extremely important because and so it stretches you. You were in Mexico
3: leading Nestle marketing for Mexico, and then you came to corporate America. How much did you have to
5: adjust, adapt that shift? Oh, very much, very much. It was another huge stretch, an amazing opportunity. I still remember when I was, you know, uh, given the opportunity, and uh, I literally had to go to the office, and they told me, "Hey, this is, you know, they're they're asking for you in in the U.S." And I was like, "Yes!" I did not even, you know, blink. And they were like, well, do you want, no, yes, it's done. But how on earth did they say
2: we want her? Because I worked at Nestlé, so correct me if I'm wrong, but they never look at Mexico and say, we're going to take somebody from Mexico for this big role. It's like, you're either Swiss, it's a company that's based in Switzerland, the US, it's the biggest market and they get to do things a little bit different. But I can't imagine they're looking at Mexico or any other market and thinking, they're doing things great, we're going to bring them. It's more like, we're doing things great we're going to tell them how to do it so it the fact that they noticed you and they said we want alicia here it's a pretty big deal how did you do that
5: i think there's two parts of that story one is the role of mentors or sponsors i had an amazing you know mentor and sponsor mm-hmm. who was the the ceo of the mexican operation and he was always looking for You know, well, again, for all of us, for all of his people, but he was always looking for what's going to be your next job. And so he would always come back to me and tell me, "Okay, what do you want to do next? And uh, I think that as a good Latina, sometimes I was like, no, I'm happy. This is fantastic. I love my job. Just let me do my job. Great. He would like, no. Particularly
3: if he was your boss. He's almost like saying, like, I don't want to work with you anymore, right? Yeah.
5: (laughs) So anyway, one day we came to the US, they always had did this uh, annual marketing summit and we were sitting in the summit and uh, the person that was of course the marketing head was there and he told me, and would you like that job? And I'm like, of course, <laughs> who wouldn't want that job? And, but I said the same thing, how do you ever think that a Mexican is gonna have that job? And he said, well, let's put this, remember we had the development plans. Well, let's put this in your development plan. You want it? Okay, we're gonna put it. And so it stayed. And so eventually, when a new CEO came to the US, he was looking for talent. And uh, they had, you know, in my development plan that I had signed up for that. And of course, I was doing a good job in Mexico. And that's how it came together. So you actually have to say that you want it. You absolutely have to say that you want
2: it. Take note, Latina, say that you want it. That's the first step, no, for it to happen. Absolutely.
3: So being a Mexican, in corporate America in a Swiss corporation, but multinational, and then when you move from Mexico to the U.S., you're a Latina, all yes. of a sudden, right? Like you transform and you're part of a bigger community yes. that has a perception and that has stereotypes. Did you have to dial down? Did you have to, how has been your Latinidad, a pro or a con in your career? What areas did you have to, did, did you have to hide them at some point, bring them out at some point? How has it been of benefit? Um, I think that, again,
5: accent is one especially maybe two or three years once we had moved to the U.S. my kids started telling me mom you have this huge accent and I was like well I don't think that it's that much and they were like no it is big and you have to work on it and so I got really conscious of it and I was like wow uh, but it got on the way in your work I don't think that it was getting on the way in the actual work I think it was getting on the way in my mind And I think that when it gets in the way in your mind, you are just not enabling yourself to be fully yourself just because you are so conscious of the accent, the accent, the accent. But again, it was much more, again, in in myself. And I think that what happened, though, is uh, and I think that things have evolved. I think that in, in the U.S. amongst Latinos, I think that now every day we are prouder of having our accent and, you know, that is just fine. That is part of who we are. And it's just, you know, one more characteristic. But I think I had to evolve over that one uh, and and just become really comfortable and saying, yeah, that's just part of it. It's part of my history. It's part of who I am. And it's actually part of what I bring. Mm
3: I'm going to ask the uncomfortable question, but, si.
5: you know, like in a way, I've all the time,
3: I've heard that Latinos don't come in one form and one shape. We're not monolithic at all. But when you are Latina, blonde and blue eyes, um, people might not think that you are Latina and, ah, yes. um, and people might not want to see you are Latina. How does how that, you know, like play a role in a way that you have to like desmitify, like I am a Latina. and
5: A lot of people will tell me, well, you don't look Latina. How as can if you be it's Latina? A, exactly. A compliment, exactly. No? exactly. Well, I don't know if it's a compliment or not, but it's like, hey, you don't fit the mold. Yeah. And I, of course, need to just clarify and say, as you say, we come in all, you know, sizes and shapes, and and I am a Latina, and I'm very proud, and it's it's uh, I've been three generations Latina out of Mexico, so absolutely, uh, I think it is also an opportunity for everybody to understand that in you know in. Uh, In a world today in which we are, uh, you know, collaborating across so many different races, you know, genders, everything, that we need to really take out those stereotypes in the conversation. But yes, it is definitely one that comes up that people say, what do you mean you're a Latina? You don't look like one.
3: I'm going to finish on this, I promise. But I'm like, did you lead with your Latinidad?
5: Did you lead with that? Like, were you an active Latina? Definitely. I mean, for me, it is such a core part of my identity that, you know, my name is Alicia Enciso, Right. So it is very obvious that I am Latina. And again, it is part of my core. So I would tell you that, yes, Claudia, in that sense, absolutely. Uh, Even though, I may not look like, but I think the minute you talk to me, you absolutely know that you know that I am a Latino. You didn't have to hide it. No, it didn't get on your way. No, good. No,
2: but do you feel like some people maybe didn't take you as seriously when you showed up to the U.S. to to Nestle USA?
5: I think that we all uh, that that is probably part of what I think we we as Latinos we need to overcome because I don't know that they are they 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 necessarily were thinking that, but I think that again sometimes we think. That we need to prove ourselves like twice as hard. And I did go through that. I was like, okay, in Mexico, sort of I already I, I'm I'm part of the Mexican culture. In the US, I have got to prove what I can bring to the table. Uh, and I was very conscious of that in terms of making sure that I was giving it my absolutely best game because of you know having the opportunity to be part of this amazing country and uh, And the size of it, so yeah, it was a huge step yeah. again and uh, and I was very conscious of that.
2: Do you think that any of your characteristics as Latina made you a more successful CMO of Nestle USA?
5: I think I was relentless. I think I absolutely I, and I think Latinos are relentless uh, and and in that sense, you know, of course it was very challenging. But again, I was going to continue to, to learn, to grow, to develop, and uh, and to make it
4: you know, a success. At Money Lion, we think money can buy happiness and that you deserve access to the same tricks, tips, and tools as the 1%. We want you to achieve your version of the American dream, so we built an app that can help you get there from banking with no hidden fees to cash advances with zero interest or credit checks. Moneylion offers a suite of premium financial products that can help you make your everyday money decisions a whole lot easier. We even curated a network of content creators who can educate you how to invest, borrow, save, and earn like the pros. Ready to take control of your money life? Join the millions of Americans who use Moneylion every day by downloading the app today
6: Go to Shopify.com slash Sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash Sonoro.
2: Yeah, well, marketing. Let's go. Yeah, okay. if anyone has had an impact in how I think companies see Hispanic marketing today and the the shift in more investment to target Hispanics in the advertising in the U.S., it's been you. So it's going to go in your legacy, I think. We're very happy that you that you did that for all of us. But we want to know more about that journey for you.
5: Oh, well, again, it, it has two parts. One is, again, I have uh, been able to be part of AIM. Uh, it is an amazing... What is the Association for Inclusive and Multicultural Marketing. And AIM is doing an amazing job here in the U.S. in terms of just um, putting as uh, an important part of the growth agenda for companies, the fact that the more that we understand, of course, these multicultural consumers that, by the way, are going to be more than 100 percent of the growth, for the US in the coming years is extremely important to accelerate, of course, the growth of any company, and that it should be something that we need to do intentionally. Mm -hmm. And of course, that there are tons of playbooks that you can leverage to be able to achieve that. And I have had the opportunity to, of course, help them and support them. But that comes from the fact that, again, 10 years ago, when I came to Nestle USA, uh, and yes, it is one of the things that I'm very, very proud of, with the CEO at the time, it wasn't that you know popular at the time, but again, we did put Latino marketing at the core and it was one of our key growth strategies. We enabled it, everything from aligning in terms of objectives, getting the information, because many times if you want to do that, you actually don't even have the information in terms of, okay, where are we today? What is the opportunity? What do we need to do? And so we were able to build all of these capabilities for Nestle. And, uh, and what was amazing is that we were able to see the acceleration of the business throughout those you know 10 years.
2: What is, uh, this may be controversial, but I, but I have faced it, so I'm wondering if you have faced it too. What is the argument against doing it? Because still a lot of companies, I mean, I've heard companies or, or marketers saying, I still have a lot of growth in the like, general
5: market. So I, I'm not ready to invest in the Hispanic market. The argument is that all growth is going to be coming from multicultural America. So you finding that growth without that, I, I, again, I don't know how mm-hmm. that is going to be. I mean, for certain businesses, probably, of course, if you are still sort of in the early probably. phases of mm-hmm. the development, but for any large business, the acceleration that you will have from uh, building, of course, a a multicultural consumer base is Mm -hmm. disproportionate. So I understand, I think that some of the the challenges in the past have been, I have other priorities, Mm -hmm. especially in the last 10 years, uh, digital was such a huge opportunity in which marketing organizations had to become competent that, again, understanding multicultural marketing was like, okay, it's a second priority to Mm -hmm. digital. Uh, the other part, though, I think that has been happening is that we had this wrong perception of something that at the time was called total market. Mm-hmm. And so total market was like, no, there's none of these differences. We're just going to market to the total market and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think that, of course, very clearly we have realized in the, in the last um, years that that is absolutely wrong because those uh, cultural nuances do exist. And the more that you understand this, just basic marketing, right? The more that you understand, of course, the consumer at Mm -hmm. a deeper level, of course, the better you are going to be able to cater to their needs, to their wants, to develop the right products, Mm -hmm. and of course, to grow the business.
3: Are you satisfied with the progress that you have seen in the industry in the last 10 years? No,
5: no. And you are absolutely right. It is still something that gets uh, deprioritized, and even at Nestle, I would see it in the last years, it was deprioritized because so many other priorities. So again, I think that there is a huge opportunity to help companies accelerate their understanding and therefore, of course, leverage this, uh, you know. But help me understand this. Mm -hmm. I,
3: again, you know, when I moved to America nine years ago, I didn't even know that I was a Hispanic and I started getting curious, and I started looking at the data, mm-hmm. and then the reality, mm-hmm. and there was a mismatch. Mm-hmm. The data is huge, the reality is small. Mm-hmm. The the data is powerful, Latino self-perception is weak. Mm-hmm. Mismatch. Mm -hmm. The same with the numbers. The market opportunity is huge, the company investment is small. I don't know what we need to do or how do we need to do. We're doing everything possible. We need to talk about the two things. But we need to make sure that we do everything possible so that Latinos see themselves as powerful as stars as positive contributors to the country so that we can self-advocate self-promote support each other and so on so we need a book a perception campaign changing whatever you want to call it like opening the eyes for latinos campaign but we also need to understand and see what needs to be done so that people get it Les caiga el 20. Mm-hmm. what's what's the deal here
5: well, again, at least from from my experience with Nestle, uh, working with uh, the CEO and the leadership team was really important. Uh, what we first built, we called it the business case. Again, the the, the business case in terms of why this is a a big business growth opportunity. And then from there, everything else happened, Javier. Because I think that once you understand that and it it becomes, you know, I would say a a business driver, a business imperative, then the rest happens. But that is where I think that so many things are in in the agenda today that, you know, that that's where we need to push uh, further. But do
3: we need business cases? Don't we have enough data to have the
5: business cases that companies are doing their business with? The part is, once you have the business case, of course, like anything, you you have to action on it, right? And that is where the CEO's leadership is critical to get this done and the leadership team. I mean,
2: maybe, maybe also what happens is people think, oh, that works in Nestle, but it's not going to work in my company. Uh, like you were saying, the smaller companies may think that they're not ready to, to invest in I, I think in a lot of
5: another myth probably is that it requires a lot of resources yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and that therefore I don't have the resources to be able that's to true. to do that in you know in the in the right way or again or that I need to you know go back to saying hey I just have for total market uh, and that's it I think that in the coming years we will see much more just because of the fact that all growth will be coming from that. Yeah. You know? And the
2: technology has been allowing us to do more multicultural marketing without having to spend. Of like course. if we had to do a TV ad for Hispanics, I mean, that's too expensive. Of course, yeah.
5: of course, of course, yeah. of course. I think that digital media today exactly. enables you to, again, geotarget mm-hmm. uh, in so many ways that it is facilitating all of that uh, in in so, I, 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 quantity
3: and quality, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I am about to launch this research, the World Human Foundation, not me, but the World Human Foundation is about to launch a research with Paramount yep. that is an industry report about how we're doing with diversity, equity, and inclusion mm-hmm. overall. Yeah. And the data point that blows my mind is that Latinos have decreased in their appearance in advertisement. So all, while other uh, communities have increased, maybe not dramatically, mm-hmm. Latinos are the only one that have decreased and decreased to a, a four-point drop. So we're 20% of the population almost, mm-hmm. and we decreased to 5% of our presence in advertisement. That's a quantitative issue that I don't really understand, given that we're the youngest, the largest population, economic power, all these data points that are building the case, and I still see less Latinos in front of the camera, behind the camera. But there's also the quality of when we are presented.
5: Yeah, do you correct. think
3: we're presented as what we
5: are? No. Uh, again, I do think that there is opportunity in both um in terms of because and I think that the second one is probably equally challenging because I think that the way that we are being portrayed is not necessarily it, it is very stereotypical mm-hmm. uh, and that stereotypical does not help the brand or the marketing and I believe that Latinos are so much more yeah. than what is currently being portrayed now let's go
2: back to your 30 year old self in I I guess you were in Mexico you were working probably at Procter and Gamble
5: Exactly. Yeah? So what would be the advice that I would yes. give myself uh, back then? Eh, ve por la grande. Go for the big one. Yeah, And uh, and why? Because I do think that uh, we have so much opportunity and that sometimes when we are 30 years old, as you were saying, we're just like either content with what we're doing or we're not seeing how big the, the world actually is and how we can go and, and be part of that. And again, just having uh, had the opportunity as a Latina to come to this country and be such an active participant of what is happening here back in thir- when I was 30 years old literally I could have never imagined it I
3: yeah. love it but your dad did see it when he yes. said go for the tent. Absolutely
5: yes. he saw it and then again my bosses yeah. saw it my bosses were the ones to say absolutely just go do it and that has been amazing Ve por la grande Go
2: I love for it. the
3: tent. Alicia and Ciso, it's been wonderful having you. Thank you, Alicia.
2: So I want to acknowledge in public, on camera, that Alicia gave me so much strength to believe that this podcast could happen. We don't realize how much power we have with our words and with our just support for each other, because the fact that you saw me and you were like, you can do this, I'm going to help you, I believe in you, you didn't have to do anything else except for believing in me to get that push of, I'm going to call Claudia, and she's not going to say, you're crazy. She's going to spend time with me. And, like, just everybody believe. like, telling you that you can do it makes a huge difference. So, thank you for believing I in me. I know.
3: And thank you so much, Alicia and Sisa, for being with us today and giving us inspiration not only to Cynthia, for us to create this podcast, but to our audience so that we can lead a la Latina.
2: Latina.
4: This podcast was proudly produced by Malka Media.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?